0: So Genesis 27. Um, this is a big long chapter and it's all one story and I couldn't find any place to break it up. So we may, we're just going to see how far we can get. And we may just have to do part one, part two, because it was, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot going on here. It's 46 verses and there really wasn't any place to break it up. Hey, Dan. How's it going? <laughs> There wasn't any place to, huh? There wasn't any place to break it up. So, and to add to that, we did not talk about the last two verses of 26. Did y'all notice that? Oh, good. I'm glad you're reading. Glad you're. I did that on purpose because these last two verses in chapter 26 are. They're going to be important for this whole chapter that we're going to look at, including the end of this chapter. But really, you're going to have to just file it away. File it away in your mind uh, because it's going to come back into play. The last two chapters, remember the last thing we looked at in 26 was um, Isaac and and Abimelech uh, making their deal and God protecting Isaac. God, uh, his presence with Isaac as trial and tribulation was going on and all those kind of things. And at the end of the chapter, chapter 26, verse 34, it says, And Esau was 40 years old when he took a wife to wife Judith, the daughter of uh, uh, Beeri the Hittite, and Bashamoth, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. So, Really, just file that away in your mind that Esau (coughs) married some Hittite women. Okay, Just file that away. You're going to need that a little later as we come back to it. It's put here for a reason, and we'll get to the reason. We may not do it this week because it's at the end of this chapter 27 that we understand what's going on. What you need to know is chapter 27 is basically the story of how Jacob stole the blessing from Esau. He stole the blessing by, you know, you know the story, and we're going to read it anyway. So, um, But what you need to see is that Esau is still demonstrating. The characteristics of a person who really doesn't care about his spiritual heritage, about uh, the promises to Abraham. Remember, we talked a little bit about that when Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of stew. We talked about how Esau, you know, he'd been hearing all this mess about promises from God and Abraham and his granddaddy and all this stuff. All you know, I'd rather have bowl of stew. Just give me the. We talked about that. So. Abraham was emphatic about not letting Isaac marry the women that were in the land. You remember we talked about that? Where uh, Abraham sent Isaac or sent a servant way off into the uh, land of his forefathers to find a wife and bring him back. Remember we talked all about that. Well, it looks like Esau is still a man of his appetite. You know, he sees, you know, there's some hot Hittite women running around. He just goes out and gets one and says, you know what, I'm going to marry them. They're there. And so just file that away in your mind that these women are a grief to Isaac and Rebecca. They know that they want, they want, uh, the, especially the seed, uh, the promised son, needs to marry uh, not a Canaanite woman, not a woman from the land, but a woman from uh, their their homeland. We're gonna see that here in a little while. Okay, y'all with me? So, who did Esau marry? You don't have to remember their names. He married two Hittite women, and those two women were a grief to Isaac and Rebekah. File that away in your Esau file, and we'll come back to it. That's going to be important, okay? Y'all with me? Alright, so Esau is clearly not the seed. We understand that. He's not the promised son. Uh, he God has already told Rebekah that Esau will be the servant of Jacob and Jacob is the promised son. What we're going to see, let me just tell you where we're going in this chapter because it's going to take us a long time to get there. I want you to see. There's really three things that, that are throughout this chapter, basically basic points that we're going to see. Number one is you're going to see, I Isaac, who is this promised son of God, he is not going to end well. Uh, He is going to try to, basically he's going to try to subvert God's will to do what he wants instead of what God wants. And uh, it's going to be a warning for us. Secondly, you're going to see Rebekah and Jacob are going to try to fulfill God's will in a sinful way, which is something that people do All the time, uh, you know, we try to sin so that good will come out of it. Well, we'll just do this. I mean, it'll be good. They try to do that. And the last thing we'll see is that there's consequences for all of this. This family, uh, Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, Esau, all Esau's wives, they put the funk in dysfunctional. I mean, it is just a (laughs) jacked up, jacked up family. Uh, If you notice, we're going to read through this passage. You never see them together. Ever, it's always Isaac talking to Esau in one section, then Rebecca talking to Jacob over here, and then you have got Jacob trying to get his thing from Isaac. You never see the family at all together. It's almost like they're playing, you know, cloak and dagger, secret deals, trying to get what you know each one trying to get what they want. There are no good guys in this story. Who's the good guy in our story? Who's the hero? God. God is, God is the hero. And what you're going to see is that God's purposes are going to come to pass even through all of this evil, all of this sin uh, that, that goes on. Okay, y'all with me? All right, so what, let's talk about seeking to subvert God's will first. Verses 1 through 4. Let me just read all four of them. Uh, this is, uh, we're, gonna, we're skipping a, a, a season of time between the end of 26 and the beginning of 27. It says, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old... And his eyes were dim, meaning he couldn't see, he's blind, so that he could not see. Well, there it says, so that he could not see. He called Esau, his eldest son, and said to him, My son, he said unto him, Behold, here I am. He said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, a quiver and a bow. Go out into the field, take me some venison. He's saying, "Get Get some meat for me, some game. And make savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless thee before I die. We're going to talk about what the blessing means here in just a minute. But what you got is you got Isaac is old. He's blind and he intends to bless Esau, which is, I might as well go on and do it now because that'll help you to understand what we're talking about. The birthright and the blessing are two different things. The birthright, remember that that Esau sold, I'm going to get their names all mixed up, so just bear with me, that Esau sold to Jacob for a pot of stew, that is the inheritance. That's the double portion. That's uh, what he gets from Isaac as being the head of the family. He is the inheritor of the estate, so to speak. He is the one who receives the titles and the and the lands and, and the double portion of the inheritance from Isaac. That's the birthright. The blessing that you're going to see is something that is passed down from father to son during the time of the patriarchs. Uh, Jacob is going to pass his blessing to, to the sons, his sons as well. Uh, but this blessing is kind of like a it's like a prophetic announcement of what is going to happen in their life. It's a it's a, a prophetic promise a transfer of the promise of god upon their life and it's it, it basically we'll read it here in a minute when we come but basically he he blesses him and says you know may god give you the fatness of the land and prosperity and make a great nation of you and he's really gonna kind of reiterate the same thing that god promised abraham and so what you see here is Isaac intends to bless his firstborn son Esau. What's wrong with that picture? Can you say that again? Isaac intends, he tells his firstborn son Esau. I want you to go out into the field and get me some game. Evidently, he is a man of appetite just like Esau, and he loves, his, he loves his venison. Remember earlier in the last chapter, it said Isaac favored Esau because he loved his game. He says, you go out and hunt me some game, bring me back so I can bless you before I die. What is wrong with the picture of him ble- He's basically going to pass the seed promise to Esau. That's basically what he's saying. Go out, hunt some game, bring it to me, so I'm going to give you the the family blessing. I'm going to pass this down to you. What's wrong with that picture? God told Isaac he would bless him and not Esau. He's trying to give him the blessing. Right. Yeah. God God told Rebecca when they were in the womb, that the elder would serve the younger. Jacob is the promised seed. Jacob is God's choice for the promised seed. But here, you see, Isaac intends to just go on and bless Esau. To just go on and give it to Esau. Um, and it's all... It's like he's putting a
1: stipulation on it too. You go do this and I'll do this.
0: Yeah, it, well, it seems like, I mean, this is just me thinking out loud. I don't know for sure, but it seems like he he is uh, i don't it seems like he just wants his belly full. he loves Esau because of what Esau can do for him, and he is going to he is going to give the blessing that God said to give to Jacob to esau now there's some question there's some people that that wonder and they ask the question did es- did Isaac really know that God had said the Younger would serve the older would serve the younger because really he told that to Rebecca. I think that he did know and he had to know because the text over and over again. If you if you remember, it it um, always it seems like it makes a big deal out of Isaac favoring uh, Esau rather than Jacob, and so. He is going to, he's going to basically do what he wants to do. He says, I'm ready to die. He's preparing for his death. But really, I mean, as we go on, we're going to see he doesn't die for another 20 years. I mean, so he lives on for a long time. Um, so he, it, it just seems like he is a man of his appetite. He has decided, I don't care what God said. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to bless Esau. Well, we'll just see. And it seems like he is doing it behind closed doors. Because what you're going to see is in verse 5, it says that Rebekah heard when Isaac saw, spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field. Huh? Rebecca overhears. So what would happen if Rebecca didn't overhear? All of this would have happened and Rebecca and Jacob wouldn't have had no clue until it was done. Right. It seems like Isaac is kind of, you know, behind the scenes, cloak and dagger, kind of, you know, trying to get this done where everybody doesn't know until after it's done. Isaac, this, I mean, Isaac, this faithful young son who who allowed his dad to, you know, get ready to sacrifice him, you know, all all of these things that we've seen, Isaac was a man of faith, and he was a man that he, It doesn't look like he's ending well, does it? It looks like he's sitting in his tent and he's gone blind. And I'm just kind of adding this. This may or may not be true. This is just what I'm thinking. It just seems like maybe he's he's a little he's a little old and bitter, and all, all he really cares about now is eating this good venison and and satisfying his his own appetites and his own comfort. And it seems like he's not ending well, doesn't it? He just
1: wants what
0: he wants. Yeah. And basically, it it, it doesn't make any difference that God said the elder is going to serve the younger. I'm going to bless my oldest son because he's the one I love. I love him more than I love Jacob, so I'm going to give him the blessing. I'm going to give him the blessing. So he is trying to subvert God's will, it seems like to me. Does anybody have any other observations or anything? Some people defend him. You know, some scholars defend him saying he didn't know that God said... You know, that God said uh, the elder will serve the younger. Rebecca didn't tell him for all these years. Um, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, Uh, yeah, just because, and and plus, you know, the text makes it clear. It it just goes over and above to make, uh, make sure that we know that he favored Esau over Jacob. And so... I find it hard to believe. So, if he has chosen to bless Esau rather than Jacob, and God has said Jacob is the one that I have called to be the seed, what can we what can we deduce from that?
1: Well, you know, you said from the very beginning you know, these stories were passed down. They've heard everything that Abraham went through, and now you know Isaac's an old man. And I'm sure his sons have heard all of what Abraham went through, plus what God has put him through. Mm-hmm. You would think at this point that. It's almost like, you know, God knows he's going to find out, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care that if he gets cursed or, you know, it's almost like, well, let's do this in secret. You know, he's so much like Abraham, and, you know, don't tell anybody this yeah this is what
0: we're going to do. Yeah, that's what it seems it. like. It's <laughs> what it seems like to me. He is at the end. He thinks he's at the end of his life, and he just wants what he wants. You see that a lot. I mean, you see that a lot, and with... uh I, I, I wouldn't even say just with elderly people. You know, people that are at the close to the end of their life. You see it a lot with people that have, I don't know, been, been. I want to say in the faith a while or in the church a while. You know, after a while, it becomes service. Just service is is just something. You know, it, if it doesn't benefit me, I'm not going to stick with it. I'm not going to do it you know I, I just I, all I really care about now is just being comfortable. All I really care about now is getting my getting my own stuff and doing what I can do and you see that you see that a lot. I mean a lot. It seems like Isaac coming to the end of his life even after all the spiritual accomplishments, all the faith, all the things that you've seen Isaac do and he's had sin along the way as well, so he's not a perfect guy, but after all of these things here he is at the end of his life and and he's not finishing well. He's not finishing well at all. He's become he's become a person who thinks that he is just going to do what he wants to do, no matter I what God says. The point of um, him trying to force God's will... Sure it is. ...somebody else. Upon, upon him, when God has made it clear, I'm going to give the blessing to Jacob. Yeah. You're trying to step in and take God's place, and I'm going to give it to Esau. Right. And he wanted... Esau was his man, his favored son, and he wanted the blessing to go to Esau when God had clearly said that's not what's going to happen. And I, I don't want you to think, that's why we talked about Esau's wives at the beginning. You need to understand uh, this is not, you can see the hints in Esau's life that he's not the seed. You can see the things that are showing up in Esau's life. He He's not the, he is not the uh, he's not the The one who cares about his heritage or his promises or blessings or all those things. Jacob, at this point, really doesn't either. He's just getting all he can. Uh, We're going to see that uh, as we go along, too. But Esau is by no means uh, just a casual, innocent, oh, geez, I really got, you know, uh, stuck you know and cheated out of my blood he is uh he is not the he's not the uh he's not the good guy in all this uh and so you got isaac and you got uh esau he says sends esau out rebecca hears this and most of this chapter the rest of most of this chapter is rebecca and jacob's plot to steal the blessing, to get it. And so verse 5 says, And Rebekah heard when Isaac spoke to Esau's son. Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and bring it. And Rebekah, uh, she overhears and she uh, is going to relate this to Jacob. Rebekah spoke to Jacob. Notice it says her son, as if Esau is not her son, right? Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? And remember, these are twins. Mm-hmm. Why does it say her son? And not their son. Her That's her pet. That's her favorite. That's right. Remember it said Jacob is, he dwelled in the tents with the women. Rebekah spoke unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me savory meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord before my death. What did she add to Esau's words, or Isaac's words? Did Isaac say that exactly like Rebekah related what did, he, what did she add to his words?
1: Bless thee
0: before the Lord. Before the Lord. What does that tell you? Isaac said, so I can bless you before I die. Now, Rebecca says that I can, he said, I bless you before the Lord before I die. What does that tell you about what Rebecca realizes what's going on? The, the plan
1: of God.
0: Right. Rebecca realizes what's about to happen. Isaac's trying to steal this thing. God has said Jacob is the seed, Jacob is the one, and Rebecca realizes that. Isaac, if he goes through with this plan, he is going to. Esau is going to be the blessed of the Lord, and so really desperate times call for desperate measures. We need to act, and we need to act right now. Is basically what she's going to say. She, for all their bad intentions and evil, uh, evil acts that they're going to do, Jacob is going to lie three times to his father's face. Um, And all of that stuff, their motivation, it seems to be, was to accomplish God's will. God had told her, Jacob is the seed. The elder's going to serve the younger. God had told her specifically that. And she thinks, and Jacob's going to think as well, that the only way to get that accomplished is, now, there were selfish motivations in this as well. The only way to get that accomplished is for us to deceive Isaac in order to get this done. And what we're going to see is that, this falls right into line with people's lives today where Paul said, don't sin so that we, we don't say we'll sin so that good may come of it. When we when we break God's command, even if, you know, well, my heart was right. I got a good reason for doing it. We've sinned against the Lord and they are going to have consequences at the end of this chapter because of the sin that they have. Uh, they've conspired to do here it says uh, she told him what was going on and then she brings out the plan this is what she's going to do Go verse 9 go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids that's goats of the goats oh it says of the goats and I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loved and bring it to and and you shall bring it to the and thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death what's he going to do They're going to go get me the goats and I'm going to prepare them the way Esau does. I'm going to put Esau spices in it or whatever it was so that he can't tell. And we're going to sneak this thing out of Isaac. We're going to sneak it. Now, Jacob is worried. This thing could end very badly. In verse 11, it says, And Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, peradventer, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. So Jacob says, Mom, this is wrong. We shouldn't do this. Is that what he says? No. Yeah, he don't care if it's wrong. He could care less if it's li- a lie, deception, if it's stealing. or He wh- could care less. What's he worried about? He's worried about getting caught. He's worried about, look, if dad figures out that I'm not Esau, I'm not going to get a blessing. I'm going to get cursed. And mama knows it's wrong as well. In verse 13, she says, His mother said to him, Unto me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. And that's exactly what it is. Verses 14 through 17 shows exactly the arrangements. We don't have to read the whole the whole section, uh, but Jacob goes and gets these thing these goats. Mom prepares them all up. Mom takes the skins of the goats and puts them on Jacob's arms and on his neck, so he feels hairy. Which leads me to wonder what kind of hairy man was Esau that his hair felt like goat hair. I mean, that's kind of okay. Esau, Esau was he was some kind of beast for sure. I guarantee you. He's. I'm not going to tell you what he said. I'm not going to tell you what he said. He, uh, yeah, Esau had to been a, and later on it's going to say Isaac smelled Esau's clothes and he smelled like a man of the field. I'm thinking, nah. Anyway, so they get all this ready. Okay, this is, they have decided they are going to sin so that good may come of it. They're going to sin to get what they want done. Um, and so, they get this plan. They get all their stuff together. It said or in the text that we uh, just skipped over, it said that she went and got some of Esau's clothes, some of his best clothes, and she got Jacob all ready, which, I mean, you imagine, Jacob's probably looking real stupid right about now, dressed up with goat hair all over him and all that kind of stuff. And verse uh, 18 said, he came to his father, and now I want you to pay attention right here. From verse 19 all the way down through... I don't know, verse 29. For the next 10 verses, you are going to see Jacob is going to lie three times to his father. And Esau is going to come in and he's going to cry for his blessing three times. So Jacob's going to lie and Esau's going to cry. We can make a song out of that. It's like a country song or something. Isn't it? <laughs> Jacob's going to lie three times to his father to steal this blessing. And Esau is going to cry out. And by the time Esau's done, he's going to just be asking for any blessing. Remember, Esau was the man who could care less. Just give me the bowl of soup. I don't care about all this stuff. Um, in verse 19, now I want you to watch Jacob's character here. Don't think of Jacob, even though he is the promised seed. Don't think of him as the hero. He is, He's a bad guy just like everybody else. We're going to see that as we walk through more of his life. Verse 18 says, he came to his father, and he says, my father. And he said, here am I. Who, out, who art thou, my son? Isaac asked, who are you? This is the first lie. Verse 19, Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau thy firstborn, I have done according as thou badest me, arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison that thy soul shall bless me, that's his first lie, okay, his second lie is in verse 20 I'm just kind of running through this real quick and then we can talk about the application he says, verse 20, and Isaac said to his son how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son, he knows something's going on, doesn't he, he's like, something ain't right here uh, he said, how is it so quickly, my son? He said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Now, see, in his second lie, he's now blasphemed God. Yeah. He's included God into his life. He's included, he's included the name of Yahweh, the name of notice he doesn't say our God or my God. He's Who's he said? said it's your God. God. This is definitely your God at this point. This is not Jacob's God yet. In fact in the next chapter Jacob is going to make a deal at Bethel and he's going to say if you'll just take care of me and make sure I get food and make sure I'm all taken care of and protected and you bring me back here and give me the land and make me a men in that big nation then you'll be my God. I mean he Tries to make this deal later on. So he's definitely not Jacob's God yet. <clears throat> but you
1: wonder why, of course I know he was old when he was blind, could he not tell the difference in their
0: voices? Yeah, he absolutely could. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. He, uh, he is very suspicious. Verse 21 says, and Isaac said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. He knows something is wrong. He knows something is going on. And, uh, and Jacob went near to Isaac and felt him. And then he said, Miss Judy, the voice is Jacob's voice. But the hands are the hands of Esau. Okay. If you'll notice that first sentence that Jacob utters when he walks into the tent, it is I, Esau, thy firstborn. I have gone and, you know, he's like talking. And from this point on, where, when Isaac says, hey, your voice ain't right, Jacob doesn't say anything, but yeah, I am. I mean, it's just short, little, quick answers. If you'll notice that he doesn't—he doesn't give no speech anymore because he can't hide his voice. I mean, you can imagine Esau's this big hairy lumberjack guy. You know, he's like, "I'm the," you know, "I can't even do it. I'm the firstborn. I'm your firstborn." And Esau's like, "Hey, Dad!" You know, it's like it's hard to it's hard to hide his voice, and so. What he does is, what he does is, he's he's trying to, he's trying to, he he's trying to trick all of Isaac's senses, and he 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 does it on the smell. We're gonna see that in a minute, Ugh. and he does it on, he does it on the feel. You know, he feels the goat hair, and he does it with the game. His mom cooked the food and made it like Esau's, but he he just can't get the voice down. He can't get the voice down, and so here's where my here's where my problems arise. Isaac knows better. I mean, he asks him, if we go through this section, Isaac asks him like six times. Are you sure you're Esau? Are you sure? How'd you get it done so quick? Look, come here and let me feel you. I mean, like five or six times. He, he asks him, understand it, something's not right here. But at the end of the day, you know, the food is there. It's smelling up the tent. And it's like, you know, all right. Well, four out of five ain't bad. You know, you, you ain't got the voice down, but I'm just going to go ahead and eat the... You know, it, it's almost like Isaac uh, is such a man of his appetite in his old age that he, he just he just... He just does it. He wants it. He it's right there. You know, you, you ever you guys sell stuff. You know there's a difference when a person when you're buying something and somebody's selling it is a difference when you say, you know what, I'll give you $1,000 for this. I can't go 1,200. There's a difference when that comes out of your mouth and when you're standing there with 10 $100 bills, you are saying, "Look, I got it right here." You know, there's a difference when it's right there. You know, I remember selling a motorcycle and the, the guy I was going to sell it for 3 grand. And and the guy said, I got, all I got is 2800 And I said, well, there's an ATM right down the road. Just go get two more. And that was it. And he said, but I got it right here. And I was like, see you later. <laughs> Take the motorcycle and go. It's different when, I mean, that food is right there and it's smelling up the tent and Isaac's hungry and, oh, it smells so good. Finally, he just goes ahead and, and blesses him. Well, so, it's
1: it makes more sense reading. Yes. You know that it rains because you said he knew better. You know, he he knows. Faith is really not required in in his life. He knows and has talked to God. Yes. And for him to be so overwhelmed by With the smell of the food by something to eat you know,
0: goes to really reign true how much of God's of our bellies that we own. Yes, and it gets, we have a tendency to think, what what I wanted you to see here is we have a tendency to think, well, it'll get better when I get older, you know, it'll get better when the reality is it, 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 it doesn't ever go away, it doesn't ever go away, it's a fight from beginning to end, and actually it gets harder when you get older because you start thinking, well, you know, I've done my part. I've done my I've done my deal. You know, it's time for me to time for me to relax and you know deserve something or enjoy something. Um, the retirement syndrome we call it in the church life, Christian life. Uh, I can retire from the Christian life because I've done done my part. Um, he is. He, he knows that something is wrong. He knows the voice isn't right. A little squeaky voice of Jacob. Uh, and, but he comes and he, he feels the goat hair on him. And it says in verse 23, And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him. That's, uh, it's going to illustrate that. He's going to, he's going to uh, tell us what that blessing is here in a minute. He says, And he says, But he wants to make sure we know that that, that he understands something is amiss. Verse 24. He said art thou my very son Esau this is the third lie. And he said I am. Notice he, it's one word and he he's really like yeah. Don't <laughs> so his name he, huh? Jacob's name means yeah it means it could mean it's like supplanter or trickster or you know some people call it heel grabber or deceiver yeah. or, or something like it came to mean that yes. Um, and so he, three lies. First, he said, I'm Esau, your firstborn. Second, God blessed me to go out and to hunt and to bring you the game. And third, he's scared of the squeaky voice. So he says, Are you sure you're my son? He said, I am. Yep. And so Esau has lied three times to his father's face. How many commands did Esau break of God right then? Jacob. I told you I was going to get the names messed up. Yeah. He dishonored his father. He bore false witness. He, I mean, he, he broke, he blasphemed God. I mean, he's broken a lot of commands just in this one, in this section. It amazes me that there are some people, some scholars, commentators that defend Jacob's behavior and Rebecca's behavior and say, well, you know, sometimes it's okay to do these things as long as you're doing it for the proper. That is not the message of Scripture, but that is very practical. It's very worldly. It's very tempting when, think about it, when you... uh, just something simple when you when you're doing when you're doing your taxes you know it's easy to fudge the numbers just a little bit because really it's my money anyway I don't want government taking my money it's easy to do that it's easy to you know we we had some work done on the house years and years ago and the the guy who was doing the work uh come in and basically he was giving us estimates and he said this is how much it's going to cost to do this work. He said but this is how much we're going to tell the insurance company it's going to cost. You know that kind of deal. Like, no we can't, we can't do that. You know and so it's easy. There's so many areas in life where it's just tempting to to sin so that something good will come of it. Sin so that so that something you know positive will come out. That's what Jacob and Esau are doing here. That's what they're trying to do. Yes? Passage. If uh, just thinking about it, had they not just come to him and said, "Hey, well, you know, Esau traded his birthright. And hey, Esau, come in, or did you trade your birthright? Yeah, you know." Yeah, and I think they. It, it was. Yeah. It, it could have. They could have worked it out. My problem is whatever whatever they would have done, God would have worked it out because he already said that this is what's going to be. This is what's going to be. So they could have done anything other than what they did as long as they weren't sinning. They could have sat back and trusted and said, you know what, God? Hey, your promise is in jeopardy. So, you know, we've seen God move to protect his promise over and over again. They could have done any number of things. Um, And and I'm not here to say which one they should have done, and and we don't know because all we know is what happened. Um, But what they did was utterly sinful. It was utterly sinful, and they did it so that good (coughs) would come out of it, or they thought the good would come out of it. I asked
1: this even in my own personal study. I even talked to my past childhood
0: pastor. Okay, go ahead. As God keeping His promise. Why do you think God would continue to bless Jacob, knowing He did all of this, knowing He did so much wrong in this? Yeah. I know He's protecting His promise, but I'm just saying. Well, what there's no, there's no reason other than right. grace. Right. There's right. no reason. He problem. He chose Jacob not because Jacob was a good guy, not because he was better than Esau, not because there's nothing inherently wonderful inside of Jacob. In fact, Jacob continues to be a scoundrel for a long time until he has that wrestling match with God and his and his hip is broken. And so he, he continues to be a scoundrel. Uh, the point of the passage, I think, is not that uh, God chooses good people. It's that God's grace makes sinners into saints. uh, Changes hearts and God's promise will never ever be thwarted. Not because of, uh, you've seen that, that theme going through Genesis. God makes a promise, heaven and earth come against it. It's going to come to pass. Even the sinfulness of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob even that tries to nullify the promise or put the promise in jeopardy god is going to deliver his promise he's going to deliver on his promise i should say fulfill his promise even through their own sinful hearts i don't know about y'all but man that gives me some that gives me some joy that he he is going to fulfill his promise to me in christ even though my heart is sinful, even though my flesh is rises up, even though there's so much still wrong with me, his promise is going to be fulfilled because remember we live in the same promise that they have right here I mean we're we're Abraham's seed because we are in Christ we have the same promise the same promise applies to us. Now he's lied three times three or four or five times. Isaac knows that this is really not Esau. There's something weird going on. He may not know exactly what's going on, but he knows something strange is going on. And here again, you see Isaac in his old age. He's a man of his appetite. The Man, it smells so good. Just bring it on here and let me bless you. And so, he says, <clears throat> verse 26, he's still not done testing. He says, and his father Isaac said to him, come near, now. oh no, verse 25, He says, and he said, bring it near to me, bring the food near me, and I'll eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank, probably a lot. And verse 26 says, and his father Isaac said unto him, come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said see the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed I wonder what a field that the Lord has blessed it's full of fertilizer probably (laughs) so that's what he said that's what (laughs) possible possible (laughs) how? <laughs> the next time the next time you see a big six foot five lumberjack looking man you see tell me if he smells like wildflowers <laughs> probably probably not okay, yeah verse 28 Here is the blessing. This is the blessing that he gives. Now I want you to pay attention to what he actually blessed him with. He says, therefore, this is the blessing. This is what Isaac is speaking. Therefore, God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, And plenty of corn and wine. He's praying for abundance and, and prosperity. He says, let people serve thee. Nations bow down to thee. Be Lord. He's saying, be a great nation. Be Lord over thy brethren. Let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. The elder will serve the younger. And blessed be he that blesses thee. Where does that come from? Let the one who blesses you be blessed. Let the one who curses you... Now, those elements of that promise are basically, although a little differently phrased, the same elements of the promise God gave to Abraham, the same elements of the promise that Abraham passed down to Isaac, and now it is being, he thinks, passed down to Esau, but it's actually being passed down to Jacob. Okay? This was a prophetic announcement. It was a blessing that once... Once it is spoken, it, it can't be taken back. It's God used these patriarchal blessings as a, a way to move the promise from father to son. You're going to see the same thing when Jacob blesses his 12 sons. He he gives the special blessing to who? Joseph. Joseph. To Joseph. Yeah, that's right. And so we'll see that. He says, um, He blesses, bless him that bless thee. But, uh, and it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of the blessing... End of blessing, Jacob. Man, we gotta go. Uh, Jacob was scarce going out from the presence of God. His father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. Esau is gonna cry three times. Um, I tell you what, let's wait on Esau's cry for next week. That'd be all right, because I'm not gonna get finished with the chapter, and I don't wanna end... Let me just get through his cry, then we'll do the consequences, and then we'll do that next week. Okay? Y'all with me? Everybody okay? Yep.
1: Yep.
0: Okay. It says, came to pass, Esau made an end of blessing Jacob. Jacob was scarce gone from the tent. His brother Esau came in from hunting, and he also made savory meat and brought to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise, eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless thee. What's Isaac doing in his tent when Esau comes in?
1: He's eating the
0: first thing. Uh, No, he's probably burping the first He's he probably laying there full, satisfied. Jacob's gone. He, remember, he ate before he blessed Jacob. He's happy, you know, snoring a little bit, passing a little gas, whatever they did. <laughs> that he, you know, whatever. <laughs> he's happy. That's what I'm saying. And then in comes Esau. Father, here I brought you the food. What does Esau, what does his father say? What does his father think? says, Oh, it says, and Isaac his father said to him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And in verse 33 says, And Isaac trembled Ooh. very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and blessed him. And notice the last phrase, and he shall, shall be blessed. Yep. The, one who ca- the one who is blessed. The one who I just blessed is the one who's going to be blessed. There's no taking it back. When Esau heard the words of his father, here's the first cry. He cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry. And he said, his father, bless me, even me, oh, my father. He says, give me the blessing. He cried. He understood now that it was gone, that his blessing, his birthright that he has sold, it, it was all gone. His inheritance, his uh, all of it, it was gone. And he cried with it. This was not, you know, you're thinking, remember, a big burly man hunting man in the field. This was not, oh, oh, oh God, please, oh, Father, please bless me. This was a man's scream. You know what a man screaming like? You know, you hit your toe and you're like, like that okay don't okay I'm sorry anyway this was this was a this was cry yeah and uh, he was he was absolutely he was absolutely I don't know just destroyed destroyed he begged for the blessing and this is what Isaac said in verse 36. He said, "Is not, or this is Esau, is not, he said, is, oh my goodness. <laughs> verse 35 says, and he said, thy brother came with soldi. He came sneakily, 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 is that a word? Sne- <laughs> sneaky. sneaky, sneakily, sneaky, <laughs> whatever. He was sneaky and he took away, he took away your blessing. And he said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he says, this is the second cry. He says, has thou not reserved a blessing for me? Remember at the beginning, the first one he says, give me the blessing. Now he's saying, don't you have a, a blessing for me? Don't you have any blessing? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, behold, I have made him thy Lord. And all his brethren I have given to him for servants. And with corn and wine I have sustained them. And what shall I do now to thee? He says, I don't have anything for you. And Esau said to his father, hast thou but one blessing? My father, bless me even also, O oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and he wept. And Esau is going to receive what many people call an anti-blessing. Isaac doesn't have a blessing to give him. He's given his patriarchal blessing, his his uh, pronouncement to Jacob. So what he does is basically he says exactly the opposite to Esau that he said to Jacob. He says, and Isaac his father answered and said to him, behold, or yeah, behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. And the dew of heaven from above, it says in Hebrew there, it says, you shall dwell away from the fatness of the earth and the heaven above. And by the sword, you shall live. He says, you're going to be a man of violence. And he says, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass that when thou shalt have dominion, he says, there's going to come a time when you will break the yoke from off his neck. He says, in the fullness of time, you're going to serve your brother, but there's going to come a day that you'll be able to break your yoke from his neck. And so he gives what we call an anti-blessing. You're going to dwell away from the fatness of the land, away from the dew of heaven, and you're going to be a man who gets what you get by violence. Not going to have the blessing of God on your life. Not going to have the blessing of God that followed Isaac around. So you're going to get what you get from violence. Now, before before you're too sorrowful and sympathetic with Esau, you need to remember something. Esau could have cared less for all of his life about all this stuff. Remember, we talked about it through chat. He could have cared less. But now, when it's too late, when he realizes he's face-to-face with exactly what he turned down his whole life, exactly what he lost through his whole life, all he can do, this big, burly, lumberjack man, all he can do is cry. All he can do is cry and wail and scream, and all his crying, all his pleading, all his screaming doesn't amount to anything. There is no more blessing for him. So what you see in this picture is really, everybody is in sin. Everybody is doing uh, doing evil here, and God's promise and his his will is going to be accomplished through it all, but you just see the tragedy. <clears throat> The tragedy of people that refuse to trust in God. You see, the tragedy of Isaac, who in his old age, after a life of, of walking with God, refuses to submit to God's will. And just does what he wants to do, and just you know, forget it. And you're going to see that his his death is not spoken of at all uh, in the same terms that Abraham's was. Remember, Abraham's death was he died in a good old age and satisfied, and all those things. Isaac's death is not going to be mentioned that way. Um, and then you've got Rebecca and Jacob off in their own little corner, conspiring to get this done, and feeling free to sin and do whatever they need to do to blaspheme God, to lie, to dishonor the. Father, to, to do whatever they need to do in order to get theirs, what they think is God's will, rather than trusting in him, they're going to pay the consequences because when Jacob, I'll just let you in on a little secret, at the end of this chapter, when Jacob gets sent away because Esau's ready to kill him, that's the last time he's ever going to lay eyes on his mother, ever. He'll never see her again because she'll be dead. He's gone 20 years, not just a few days. And so there's consequences for the sin that they engage in, even though it turns out good for Jacob. He is the seed. And then there's consequences for Esau's sin as well because he he doesn't realize what he has given up until it's too late and there's no hope left for him. So uh, we're probably running late. Yes, we are. We got to go. We will finish this chapter and probably do a couple of verses into the next chapter next week. Uh, The point that you need to see here is that you and I, God's will is going to be done with or without you. You're either going to submit to it or you're going to be run over by it. Okay? You understand? So that's kind of a terse way to put it, but that's that's the gist of it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. Thank you for all that you've given us. We ask that you would be with us as we... uh...